Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? So I'm excited to have this guest on because we met at an event back in, I think it was January, March, not March, because everything was closed down, February, and I just fell in love with her, fell in love with her energy. She talks about chiropractic and so passionate about that and learning and teaching people all about the body and how it works. And you'll get that through today's episode. And know that I have never been to a Cairo, but it was so great to listen to her and her story and share about the body and the bones and how it's all interconnected and how you know trauma can happen at any time, even at birth. I'm like, oh wow, that's really interesting thought. Like she at like two minutes old had an adjustment done because her dad was a chiropractic but we get into that and we talk about it and talk about things she's going through and it was just such a fun and great conversation I feel like we could have hours and hours of it and so I'm so excited for you guys to listen to today's guest have some fun maybe have the courage to go get some chiropractic care done safely and with that let us begin Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And I'm excited for today's guest. We were already talking about many different things that were coming up, like the broken hustle culture. But before we get into that, Liz, can you take it away and let everyone know who you are and what you're about? Yeah, so uh, my name is Dr. Liz Santangelo. I'm a chiropractor out of Westchester, Pennsylvania. And um, so uh, I was talking to uh, Lo a little bit before this, as she mentioned about the hustle bustle culture and how so many things have changed recently. And I was so, um, I listened to the first podcast and was kind of a little inspired by her story. And I want to share a little bit more about mine, but I actually grew up under chiropractic care. My dad is a chiropractor. And um, so it's a very different lifestyle. And it's funny because when I was younger, it, to me, it was very normal. Like, you know, anything going on, you have a little sniffle, you go get adjusted, you boost your immune system. And for me, it was very normal. Whereas when I grew up, I realized, no, this is actually pretty abnormal. Not a lot of people have that. <laughs> and um, so just kind of realizing that and being super thankful that I was raised in a very healthy lifestyle and just knowing what I know about health and how it's all about raising the immune system, raising the host um, and bringing that up more than just physically, but mentally too, especially throughout what's going on right now. Um, I really learned all of that from uh, my own experiences and just, you know, growing up in that kind of culture. Um, so, yeah. Isn't that interesting what you grow up with? You just think normalize it and then you get out into the quote unquote real world and you're like, wait, that's not normal. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm the weird one. <laughs> yeah. And that's true in so many senses. Like even like, like I, I said before, like physical and mental uh, things, just how the way people think um, there are certain people that this is how they're raised. And so they just have this certain perspective and certain outlook on life. And then that's all they see. And for those people, it's very hard to kind of break from that. Cause like I said, you're raised from that. If I, if that's all I knew, it'd be very hard for me to break from everything that I've known. So that's true mm -hmm. in so many senses, more than one. Yeah. That just reminds me when I went off to college and, you know, in my normal teenager state, I was had upset with my family about like different things and then I go off to college and I meet people who are just like oh my family's not that way like I don't even know my dad my mom does this like she doesn't even like act like she cares and all of that and I'm sitting here and I'm like okay 
even though my family pushes my buttons, I'd rather have what I have than what they have. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like not everyone's family was like that, like growing up yeah. right next to each other. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. <laughs> even just like family's dinner. So my, I come, my uh, family, I were Italian and Cuban, both of them very much grow up with, you know, you eat together around the family around the table together and you eat dinner together and you finish everything on that freaking plate, everything green, white, everything on that plate. And, um, so it was just so interesting. Again, as I grew up, that was very normal to me. I thought, Oh yeah, everyone has dinner time, but a lot of people, they eat dinner solo. Um, and now that I'm kind of, you know, out of the house on my own a little bit more now, uh, I have two roommates, but that kind of, Dinner's a little soloing it. Um, right now, I guess, Zooming uh, my boyfriend or some friends or maybe my mom at the at the time or just kind of sitting and uh, watching a show or reading too. But uh, it's just super interesting. And just seeing how those healthy habits really are come a lot from how you were raised too. I mean, just the very typical, like, no, you will finish all of your greens before you leave the dinner table. I remember just crying and sobbing, which is so funny because now I'm so healthy and I love my greens now. But when I was little, if I, if something looked or smelled like remotely healthy at all, I was like, I'm not going to eat that. And even like the dog under the table wasn't going to eat it either. So <laughs> there's just no winning in that sense. So I had to learn really quickly. I used to do this one thing. My family still makes fun of me where I would, so you have like all the taste buds on your tongue. So to avoid tasting anything, I would literally tilt my head to the side and kind of chew. So that way I didn't really taste any nutritional value. <laughs> and Just kind of choke it back and take a swig of water really quick. <laughs> mm. That's so interesting. Yeah, if the dog's not going to eat it, what makes you think I'm going to eat it? Pour a little season, more seasoning on it. There you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell the audience more about like your chiropractic background and being raised with those healthy habits? Because also, no, I have never been to a chiropractor. I am also terrified about doing it, but I will eventually sometime. But like you, because I remember you when we first met, you said that your dad adjusted you like pretty, as soon as you came out of the womb. Yeah, when I was like two minutes old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually it's funny because uh, with Easter I was uh, with my family. We were talking, and I forget. The story came up um, again, but when I was really, really little, like I don't even remember it. I was maybe maybe two or three years old, and apparently I just stopped breathing. And my whole face started turning blue, and my parents had no idea what to do. Um, so they called nine one one, and the ambulance was on its way. And so my dad just adjusted me, and all of a sudden I had this big choke of breath, breath air. And then by the time the ambulance came, I was fine. So I'm not really sure what was happening, but in that sense alone, I'm thank God my dad's a chiropractor. But um, just about chiropractic in general, a lot of people when they think of chiropractic, they think of the bones and muscles and cracking and all that noise. And, um, and it's so, so, so much more than that. Um, I heard, uh, someone said this once and it really stuck with me going to a chiropractor for pain relief is like going to a bank and just stealing their pens. Like there's so much more to it. So if you think about it, so chiropractors, our job is to, um, release any interference from the nervous system. So your nervous system is your brain and your spinal cord and off of your spinal cord, which is encased by bone, by your spine, off the spinal cord are those nerve roots that go to every single cell, gland, organ, and muscle, every single bodily tissue that makes up you. So what can happen is we go through life, we have all these stressors, we have physical stressors, we have Um, emotional stressors. We have toxins coming at us left and right. Our food's not the same than it was like 20, even 10 years ago now. Um, And so what happens is a lot of times that can manifest as a misalignment in the spine that we call a subluxation. So sub, less, lux, light, asian, subluxation. So kind of less light in your system. So what happens is it puts pressure on that nerve and uh, interferes with with its ability to um, work properly and communicate and function with whatever it may go to. So it may go to the muscles on your back causing some spasm, but it could also be going to your kidney and your liver 
your thyroid gland. We see a lot of uh, thyroid patients in the office too. And that's a lot of people, they have all of these different issues and they get blood work done and their blood work comes back normal and no one can figure out what's going on. A lot of times it's the power that is supposed to be healing that organ, that gland, whatever area that is, that power isn't getting there. So a lot of times something has been out for a while because what happens is when we get one of those misalignments, the subluxation, it puts pressure on that nerve, but you don't necessarily feel pain right away. The research shows that you need up to 60% or more pressure on a nerve to really elicit the pain fibers. So usually when pain shows up, it's the last thing to show up and the first thing to leave because when you go to the chiropractor, we relieve that pressure, get pressure off of the pain fibers, but then all the other fibers that are going to, you know, helping your body function optimally are still being interfered with. And that's when I go back to if you're going to rob a bank and just steal their pens, well, you're going to go to a chiropractor and just go for pain relief. So it's really just expressing your body as a whole because our bodies were made beautifully. Our bodies were meant to be healthy. And the research shows that the spine is actually supposed to last up to 120 years without any arthritis or degeneration, which is insane. We're the ones kind of messing it up. We're the ones who are, you know, sitting for hours at a time that aren't moving our bodies at all, that aren't, you know, fueling properly. And, you know, everything in moderation, you can't be perfect. And there's not like a mountaintop of health to get to. It's a journey. So a lot of people, even, for example, weight loss, they, they want to get to that one goal and then they're done. And then that's when you see that kind of yo-yo diet because they're like, oh, let me go back to my old habits. But that's why it's so important, not even just as a chiropractor, but just doctors in general. It's so important for us to educate our patients on the healthy habits that will keep them healthy in the long run. Because a lot of people come to us and they ask us, well, what caused this? And you say, I mean, I was adjusted when I was two minutes old. Was it your birth trauma that you never addressed? Or was it that super intense emotional breakup two summers ago that you never resolved from? So it's so interesting when people ask, you know, well, what caused this? It's like, well, I don't, I don't really know your life. Like, <laughs> so I don't know how you sit at work. I don't know how your car seat is set up in your car. Um, and there's just so much more to the human body that um, I forget what book I was reading, but it said that everything that we know about the human body, it's estimated that we actually know 1% of how the human body works. 1%, which is insane because there's so much information out there. It is crazy because I, I try to read a lot and I try to learn a lot because I want to know as much as possible to help as many people as possible. But 1%, when I read that, I was like, really? <laughs> I'm not even halfway there. <laughs> But yeah, so sorry, I went on a super rant there. Was there anything that I said that was like, could you explain a little bit more about that? No, you went really well on that. I was just like 1%. Wow. Uh, Only yeah. a fraction yeah. of the information. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really insane. Mm -hmm. But really, when it comes down to it, like, I don't know, you can be... And I go back and forth. You could be one of those people that get super detailed and super overwhelmed with everything that are, can, you know, be bombarding you in the face. And there's so many avenues of health that you can take, or you can be really simple with it. You know, like people know that you need to move to be well. People know that you need to fuel yourself well. And people know that, I mean, most people know that your nervous system controls every single part of your body. So, you know, try, try to make sure that that's clear too. So, and I mean, just drinking water is a very simple thing as well. That's, that's something we talked about every patient too. And I'll never forget someone came in and I asked, oh, do you drink, like how much water do you drink in the day? Like, oh, I'm so good with water is I'm, I'm, you no need to worry about that doc. I'm, we're good. I'm fine with water. I'm like, oh, okay, well, like how much, how much, like how many cups would you say? They're like, well, I have like a cup in the morning, but I drink like so much coffee and so much tea it is i like i'm pretty much half coffee and tea right now i'm like yeah a lot of your problems might go away if you just hydrate because <laughs> uh, coffee and tea that, that, that's super dehydrating you but and that's again going back to the point that a lot of what we do is just education too because a lot of people think that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing regarding their bodies because there is so much misconception out there but 
a lot of times they're looking in the wrong place. They're going to Dr. Google, which sometimes can lead down a really, really scary road. Mm, Dr. Google. It's like when anyone comes to me, oh, I found this, this temp, this legal template online and I used it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me just stop you right there. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you, like, where did this passion for educating people come from? Because in our interactions, you've said that a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, I'm so beyond lucky to have grown up the way that I did. And I think it's really when I realized that a lot, not a lot of people know what I know and not a lot of people um, even like even know what chiropractic is, but even know how the like the human body works just in general. Um, there's so many people that uh, even friends that I have like out of state, they'll call me and ask me, oh, what do you think about this and that and that? And I'm like, well, first of all, no matter what you do, you have to make sure that the nerves that go to that area are working properly because without that, it doesn't matter what supplement you take. It doesn't matter what pharmaceutical you take. It really doesn't matter until you get that proper nerve flow going there. So that way, you know, if that's not enough, then we can see what's going what's going on beyond that. It's always less is more. Um, but really I think my friends helped me. This was a a few years ago. I was sitting in a circle of friends and for some weird reason, we were going around the circle saying like what weird things, like what weird bodily issues that people had growing up. And so like, like, uh, issues like menstrual cycle and being on, um, uh, birth control and allergies and headaches and just kind of going around the circle. And it got to me and I, I am not like the epitome of health at all. I, I like my a good sweet here and there, but it got to me. And I was like, I mean, I didn't really have anything to complain about. Like I didn't really have growing pains. If I had a headache, it was very, it was pretty mild or, you know, once half a year, maybe once a year. Um, and they're like, well, that makes sense. Your dad's a chiropractor. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. So it was kind of like my friends kind of pointed it out to me. And I'm like, you're, that's so right. Like more people need to know about this especially now that I see so many kids now with the rolled shoulders and the jutted head forward, uh, head carriage. And it's like, when I see that, I kind of see their spines and I'm like, oh my, all those nerves are being interfered with. It's killing me. <laughs> and that's just, that's just my chiropractic brain. But I'm like, oh my God, that poor soul. Like, <laughs> but it's just, and I don't know, one of the first things that I think of is I wonder if that person knows about chiropractic. I wonder if that person not like, especially with the forward head coach, like, oh, I wonder if that person has thyroid issues. And I wonder if they're on medications that their doctor said that they have to be on forever, you know? And just, I mean, even thinking about like the opioid crisis in this country, like, I think it's 63 million Americans are in chronic pain. And remember, I said pain is usually the last thing to show up. So those people in chronic pain have probably have other things going on, too, that they're not taking care of. And they kind of get stuck in the system that they come, they kind of go to, you know, whoever they go to with all these signs and symptoms, and they kind of match those signs and symptoms to a pharmaceutical. Not saying that every doctor does that, but a lot do do that in this country. And to not educate their patient or even ask them more questions about what's going on, maybe it's the area they live in. Again, maybe it's the way that they're sitting and they're going to suggest surgery for this person who's in agonizing pain when surgery isn't necessary, then I think, I think so many people would be so much more, so much, so much better off than learning what's kind of causing these problems. So then they have an, a strategy that they can create for themselves. You know, a lot of the things that we need to be healthy, a lot of them are free. get outside, get some vitamin D. You don't need to buy a vitamin D supplement. You know, there's so many things that we can do that don't require, like, if there's anything that we've learned from this whole Corona thing right now is that we don't have to have that, you know, membership to that gym and, you know, pick heavy things up and put them down. Yeah. It's nice to have the option, but yeah, go outside, go for a run, you know, pick up that big log sitting over there. You know, there's so many options going to hike. And I mean, one thing that's inspiring is seeing more people outside, 
And thank God it's not winter because that would be even more brutal for a lot of people to have to stay inside cooped up and even more deficient on vitamin D. But um, I think really where the education part kind of uh, really resonated with me is, well, my dad's office, uh, they do workshops. And that's because we're um, my dad's office and the office that I work at, too, um, are part of a uh, chiropractic coaching group called TLC. And they really, really focus on educating the patients, which that's the biggest part. A lot of patients that come in the office, we say that the adjustment is free and what they're paying for is the education. Because every every morning we go through the list and we try to figure out, okay, like what's something to educate this patient about or educate this patient about? Because it's all those little nuggets that people hear and the why behind it, that's how people will change their habits. Because a lot of people are say, oh, just take this or just do that or you know, have this. And they don't understand why they're doing it. So then it doesn't last. So that's why a lot of the healthy things that I do, I do because I know why I'm doing it. Like I used to like, uh, I just got into yoga like really intensely, like I, almost a year ago now. Before that, I knew how healthy yoga was for you. I, I knew I knew a little bit of the why. And I just know in general, I just knew how healthy yoga was for you. But the more I kind of listened in the sessions, the more I read, the more research I read, and the more I learned why it's so important to even just stretch daily, then I was like, I'm obsessed now. So it's a lot more explaining the why to the patients and why to people in general, why something is healthy as opposed to here, this is healthy. Just take that. that. That's what inspires people. And that's how, that's how I learn. So I know that's probably how a lot of other people learn too. Cause I know for me, if someone's just like, here, just do this. Cause it's good for you. Or just do this. Cause you need to, I'd be like, well, I'm probably not going to keep doing it. <laughs> like, probably going to get tired of doing something that I don't know why I'm doing. Right. And if someone would have told me, I would have been like, why? Why do I need that? Like, what's the purpose of me doing that? And it can't just be the overall general. Well, it's healthy for you. Okay. There are lots of things that are healthy for me. (laughs) What in particular is the thing that's actually healthy for me as an individual and not healthy for me as what people like society Mm -hmm. says? Or what Google says. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Google. But it's just so interesting that you bring out like the whole like holistic approach because in my mind, my parents would get chiropractic, but they wouldn't go to the chiropractor unless there was some sort of pain, like they needed some sort of adjustment. And that's just how it was. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can see this is like more of like a holistic health thing. So that's where I'm more intrigued by it. But recently, my mother, she gets kidney stones. And so their last episode she had, the doctor said like her pH was off and that or something else and that she would need to take whatever medication. And I'm sat here and I'm like, mom, change your diet. Yeah. <laughs> your P- he said your pH. That's like basic animal stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> change your diet. Add some greens. <laughs> I know I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, don't take the pill. Just do it. Like, yeah. like change your diet. That's all you really need. You don't need to be taking another thing. Yeah. On top of uh, other things possibly too. And mm-hmm. that's the thing too is like even behind so many pharmaceutical drugs, you know, the placebo effect, there's so many of them that people tr- – take like a a sugar pill and then they get better and just to find out that it was just a sugar pill. And so that's the thing about medication too, is a lot of like, well, one, there's something called the nocebo effect too. So that's when a lot of people who focus on the negative aspects of life, it's going to bring down your immune system. That's why a lot of people with this whole Corona thing, there's a lot of this fear factor being spread out there, which is totally understandable. And it's hard not to kind of be dragged into it but it's bringing a lot of people's immune systems down, which is the worst possible thing in this scenario. And then for the placebo effect, I mean, something that's super important to know is, so how any sort of medication works at all is you have, you know, you have your a cell and on your cell, you have receptors. And this is very, very general. You have receptors 
And so for any sort of cascade of events to happen in your body, something needs to attach to that receptor so it can like go in the cell or, you know, lead to, a, like I said, a cascade of events that that drug was supposed to be used for. So do you think that the body would have a receptor for a medication that you might never take? No. Your body is way more resourceful than that. So the fact that there is a receptor in your body means that your biology or nature has something equivalent to that medication. And that's something a lot of people don't think about either because, you know, where is the money in, you know, selling vitamin D or selling echinacea or elderberry syrup? You don't make money off of that. So that's why a lot, again, a lot of it is education because I can... People can come into the office, I can adjust them all day, but if they're going out and doing the same exact things that are causing them to cause those misalignments, those subluxations, then what are we really accomplishing? So. Like in general or like something specific like low back pain or neck pain or. Yeah, so a lot of things is just kind of how we're living as a society. So a lot of us now, probably even more, we're sitting way more. So what happens, so our spine should have three nice curves from the side. So we should have a nice like a nice neck curve, a nice banana-shaped neck curve. And then our mid-back should have a curve going the opposite way. That If that's accentuated, that's kind of like the hunchback. And then our low back should have a nice curve going forward again, like our neck. So what happens is when we sit, we take out that curve in our low back. And so all of those muscles have to, you know, torque and kind of compensate for that position. And we're not meant to sit for long periods at a time. So as we're sitting there for long periods at a time, there's muscles that are lengthening, muscles that are shortening. And then people get up and they don't, you know, they don't move their bodies a lot in that transition. They don't kind of, they don't stretch those muscles that were previously tightened. And then they think that they're fine. And then later on, they, bend and twist a certain direction and it's kind of the straw that broke the camel's back and they're like i don't know what i did and we're like well it was it's not one thing it's usually layers upon layers upon layers of things and that's a, one of the um techniques that i like to share so um i guess also so under the chiropractic umbrella there is a bunch of techniques and so that's why um the nervous system the nervous system is so important i always just encourage everyone if you did have a bad experience with a chiropractor, seek out another because there are so many different techniques. And it's just kind of like if you go to a dentist and you have a bad experience with a dentist, you're going to stop dentistry. Like it's everyone knows how important it is to take care of your teeth and your teeth. You can actually replace your spine. I mean, there are parts I get, I guess you can technically replace, but do you want to? <laughs> Not so much. So uh, one of the techniques that I learned is called neuroemotional technique. And it's kind of how emotions can manifest as physical pains and aches. Because a lot of times, if we can't fully process something the way that we should, and we're too overwhelmed as it is, then that'll it'll just store in our body as whatever that might be, whether it be that low back pain or that headache. And that's why a lot of people, when they get stressed in general, that their immune system lowers. A lot of people will get the, that tension headache. Well, that's a perfect example of how emotions can manifest as physical ailments. And that's something a lot of people don't really realize either is that their mindset controls a lot of their body. And just that it's important to move your body. It's important to move your mind too. So we kind of, a lot of people who come in for like, for, we'll just use the example of low back pain. A lot of people will come in for low back pain we always, ex we explain to the patient that, you know, like I said, pain is usually the last thing to show up, first thing to leave. But a lot of times where pain is, a lot of times that's the area of compensation and the problem started somewhere else. And that's a, one of um, another, an, an amazing chiropractic technique is called upper cervical, which pretty much just means that they focus on the upper neck. There's some people, there's a lot of people that will go see an upper cervical chiropractor which means they only adjust up here and their sciatica will go away, which is that radiating pain down the leg. 
Did they touch that at all? No, but their whole system is connected. So one of the reasons why I love the office I work at is we address the system as a whole instead of just the low back. It's kind of like, you know, the system that we have, there's people who specialize in certain parts of the body, but I don't really, I mean, it's important to have those specialties, but really the whole system works together. So the thyroid gland, only a lot of, uh, of people with thyroid issues, they have issues because either a lot of times they have adrenal fatigue or their liver is super congested because those systems work together. But when they get the blood work, then the thyroid stimulating hormone is shown that it's low, too low or too high. And they're like, oh, here, you need a thyroxine or you need this uh, medication to help with your, it's your thyroid gland. That's what's causing all these issues. But they didn't look at the adrenal gland or the liver. So then that's just continuing to congest or fatigue. But so we really, it's so important to address the whole system. And that's what most, uh, all the chiropractic techniques that I know of do focus on the whole system. Very, very little focus on, you know, just one part of the body. Really, that's kind of like a very uh, mechanistic chiropractic aspect as opposed to a vitalistic, which is more holistic and focusing on the whole, the system as a whole, because your neck can't work without your low back and your low back can't work without your neck. So (laughs) in in very simple terms. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, but you bring up a really good point. Like your body works together. These systems aren't exclusive to each other. Like if it's not, if one part's not working, then the whole body's not working. And like you said, like the pain point, like if it's the lower back could be someplace else. Cause I've noticed I've worked, been working with a woman for over a year to work on the fascia and, and what that has done when I go to her, I'm like, okay, something's hitting here, like in my hip, like I can feel it. And she's just like, oh, well this side over here is like out of whack and pulling on there. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, that's amazing. That like the body is just like, actually, this is the counterpoint and this is over here. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, fuck, how can I figure that out for myself so I can have, take care of me in the middle of all of this instead of coming to you and being like, oh, it's this side, this side, this side. But yeah. yeah. Isn't the body's truly amazing. And one of the one of the checks that I do for the neck is I'll have a patient um, either you know lay, lay down on the table. And I'll look at their feet and the the length of their feet, and I'll notice if one leg is shorter than the other. And I'll have them turn their head to the right, and I'll just notice if there's a difference. And I'll have them turn to the left, and I'll just notice if there's a difference again. And a lot of times, they'll turn one direction, and the short leg will get shorter, and they'll turn the opposite direction, and it'll balance out the legs. And that's just one of the checks that I do that kind of show me you know, from your foot to your neck how connected the whole system is. But for me as a chiropractor, it kind of points me in the direction of like where specifically to look for that misalignment. But just how amazing is it that just, you know, turning your neck affects you all the way down to your toes. So a lot of people, they they take their bodies for granted and they're very, um, I mean, especially like I said, with everything going on right now, it's very much like, oh, how do we, how do we beat this? How do we beat this? And it's not, it's bringing your immune system up. Our immune systems were meant to fight and they were, it's meant to protect us and we are exposed to like something like, I think it's 380 trillion viruses a day, 60 trillion bacteria, and then we just have 6 trillion, you know, human cells. So we're, we're like an ecosystem of, you know, of the earth and people are trying to figure out how to stay as clean as possible. And it's like, you need these, this bacteria to flourish. Like you're exposed constantly to all these viruses. Like it's not how do we avoid this? It's how do we raise up the system so we can, you know, always you know, kind of come out on top and, you know, live a healthy lifestyle like we were all meant to. Mm-hmm. And you bring up a really good point, like during this time, um, like we discussed earlier about what does life look like after all of this? And I've had conversations with people being like, I'm part of me is like, we need to be exposed to this so we can build the antibodies or if there's some sort of vaccine that comes from it, great, whatever. But at the same time, I'm also like, so even if we do lift the ban, what does it look like for us to interact with each other? If you're, it's kind of like what, how I think about it is like chicken pox. 
is sitting here being like, we get exposed to chicken pox. We all know it's not a great thing to be exposed to, but we'd rather be exposed to it at a younger age than when we are older. And it's kind of just one of those things you, you have to be, at least when I grew up, you had to be exposed to it to get those antibodies. Um, otherwise, you're kind of just playing Russian roulette with it. Exactly. And that's a that's usually the example I give out too. I mean, when, growing up, it was a lot of people like people would have the, you know, the chicken pox parties where they would expose their kids on purpose to the chicken pox so that they could build their immune system. And I'm not really sure where that, you know, thought process kind of left off because a lot of people, they, they forget that, you know, yes, you get sick. Yes, we're exposed to viruses and next year there'll be another, like, you know, there'll be, you know, different strands all the time because they're constantly mutating. And so we have to constantly be changing too, because if we're not adapting and we're just in a static pattern of being afraid all the time and not adapting to what's going on around us, then we are going to get sick. But it's the body's ability to adapt to the outside environment that makes it healthy and makes it beautiful and able to flourish and live a life and uh, be able to express life at, at its fullest. And there's so many people that are just scared constantly, not even just about Corona, but any other virus or bacteria that they don't want to get exposed to that. I mean, you know, if someone has a super compromised immune system, then that's a different story. But for the people that, you know, are like young, healthy kids, they are resilient. They can build those antibodies. They can build their immune system and they will be so, so much better off later on in life because they will have built their immune systems up so much. So really is all about the immune system and just making sure you're giving it what it needs. And a lot of, like, like I said, a lot of people don't really know what that is. And a lot of people go to Google to figure it out. And there's a lot of issues with that. So (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) according to WebMD, I sent in these symptoms and now I have cancer apparently. Yeah. Yep, everyone. No matter what you Google, you're gonna have cancer. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just kind I of Google's f- answer. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting, like how many people like would go to the doctors or say like you would have to go to the doctor. For me, growing up, my grandmother on my dad's side was the first nurse practitioner in the state of Iowa. Wow, was, like one of the first in the nation when it was starting to come out like that profession. And we would always go to her first because we lived like in the country, like equivalent to a block away. And it'd be like, grandma, can you come check on us? And like 95% of the time she'd be like, you don't need to go to a doctor. Yeah. And that's what people will get like the sniffles and they'll have to, they'll go to their doctors and be like, well, give me something for this. And a lot of people have that outside in approach and they forget that they have that power to heal inside. And a lot of uh, the example I usually give is a fever. So, you know, you get a virus and you get a fever and a lot of people that go to the doctors try to suppress this fever. That is the last thing that you want to do. You're, that fever is there to, I mean, yes, it's a sign that, you know, you have some sort of viral bacterial infection going on in there, but that is a sign that your body is doing what it needs to do to make you healthy again. So a lot of people like to suppress all of these things, these signs and symptoms that are it's bo- their body's only way to communicate with them. And they're, they take all these things and they're pretty much telling their bodies like, hey, shut the hell up. I don't want to talk to you. And it's, I mean, I don't like when anyone says that to me. <laughs> so. Exactly. I remember one time in college, I it was sophomore year and I contracted something. It was some sort of virus. It had a sore throat coughing combination and I wasn't I'm like, I'm not going to go to a doctor or whatever, but it got so bad where it was a struggle for me to swallow and so I go there and I'm talking to them and having a conversation and they swab me and we're like, we don't think it's strep throat. And the test comes back. It's not strep throat. And I go, what, like, can you give me anything? They're like, no, you have a virus. And the way we know you have a virus is because you said you have a cough with it. And I'm just like, mother effers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle of finals. You can't give me anything. And so there, like, even to this day, like back in December, I had the same type of thing happen to me. And also similar sy- symptoms to Corona where I'm like, 
was there something going on earlier in the year that no one knew about? Because we only knew about Corona when China finally decided to say something about it back in December. So who knows? But I'm like, I didn't go to the doctor because I had a sore throat with a cough. And I knew they'd be like, well, we can't do anything for you. You have a virus. (laughs) Right. That's so many people. They have any like any small thing. They're like, well, I need I need to go to the doctors. But it's thank God that you said your grandma, who is the nurse practitioner. Thank God you had your grandma that you could, you know, ask questions to or get her advice on. Because a lot of doctors that, you know, they a lot of them kind of do whatever will make the patient happy. And a lot of times that's not in the patient's best interest. Yeah. It's just, like I said, it's just really interesting. And I just remember sometimes she'd be like, no, you don't need to go to the doctor. You're like a little kid. And you're kind of like, you know, the doctor gives you some medicine. Or if it was like, you need to take some more of this ridiculously gross cough medicine, like Robitussin, whatever it was. And you're like, no. And you would plead to get the grape flavor because you knew the grape flavor tasted better than the the regular flavor. (laughs) But I'm curious, what were some of the healthy habits at your household that went on besides, you know, having chiropractic be the main line? Uh, so I, I didn't realize how important it was till I kind of, you know, went to school and learned more and read more, um, got more into research. But my parents always tried as hard as they could to get organic foods. So that's a huge thing, too, because organic doesn't mean a lot of people have a at least there's a few people I know that they have a bad mindset about organic. That's just like, you know, like the prissy people and, you know, and um, it's really not organic just means it's real food. Like you want real food because your body's not built to process all these toxins and chemicals and glyphosate. Um, And glyphosate is um, the chemical in the common pesticide and herbicide that a lot of people are figuring out that's kind of tied to, uh, why there's so many more gluten allergies right now. Um, so really making sure that my, my parents bought a lot of organic foods. They We would always have something green at the table or at the most part. Like I said, we were Italian. So occasionally we'd have our Italian food, but um, mostly it was a very well-rounded you know plate of vegetables. Uh, we'd always have fruit at the house. Um, and just the... Um, healthy habit of just having a community because I'm one of four so I have three brothers and so that community in our household of you know everyone comes together for dinner at the dinner table and you know we talk about our day and everything and I think it's so cute um one of my roommates her family uh what they do when they get for dinner together they say uh what's something they go around the table they say, what's something that made you mad or sad today? And then they go around the table again. And they ask, what's something that made you happy and excited today? And just having that community there too was a huge um, kind of uh, healthy habit that I didn't even realize how important it was until, again, until right now that knowing what I know. Um, a lot of, since I did have three brothers, we were outside a lot. They were, uh, we had like a trampoline that we broke. <laughs> um so a lot of outdoor uh activities um we would like play tennis together so a lot of just I don't know when you picture a young healthy kid that's just kind of I was very I guess um very lucky in the sense to have grown up as like you know a young typical healthy kid because a lot of kids aren't being raised that way right now mostly because a lot of you know it's not parents fault at all a lot of them just don't know. And it's way easier to give a child a tablet, especially with all the, you know, the hustle bustle that we were talking about. Um, especially if, you know, if you have one that's crying a lot or one that requires a lot of attention, um, just to have something that's like, okay, here, like, especially if it's an only child too, and they don't have someone else to, you know, go bug, <laughs> then it's way easier to give them a tablet. But then that's when we get more issues like this text neck thing, that's actually an insurance code now because it's such an issue. Shut up. It's an insurance code now? Yeah. TextNet. Wow. Yeah. Which is insane because, I mean, I think it was I, – I, how old was I when I got a phone? I think I got a phone maybe when I was in seventh grade, something like that. Now I'll see like I don't know I saw someone's like wish list for Christmas who was like a four year old saying I want uh, an iPad and 
uh, a new iPhone, like a new iPhone. <laughs> Why don't you have an old one? <laughs> Why do you need a phone and the first yeah. place as a four year old? Yeah. Who are you calling? Like, <laughs> you know, just go outside. You'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, and that's well, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to go like my aunt, she, her kids, her oldest was wanting to get a cell phone but she didn't want to give him a cell phone. But then he started walking to school. So she got him a very specific like kid cell phone that only had three numbers programmed into it, like mom, dad, and home or four, whatever. And that was it. Like he couldn't, you couldn't like text friends from it. That was the only purpose that phone served. And I was like, that's, that's actually brilliant. Smart. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that existed. That's so mm-hmm. smart. That's good to know. I'm going to share that with mm-hmm. more people. Yeah, I don't know if it exists now, but that's what it did like five years ago. So, well, hopefully Mm -hmm. it does. That's something I would definitely say. Here, you need this for your child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just there's so many kids that are looking down constantly. And remember, we were talking about those nice curves that we should have in, in you know in our back from the side. Well, when we have that nice banana shaped curve in our neck, and then we look down, it completely reverses that curve. And now most people. Mostly, mostly younger people, but most people come into our office and we take full spine x-rays and we'll see their neck. And most of them are what we call a straight neck or a reverse curve, which is putting so much pressure on all of that neurology. And if you think about it, all the nerves that go down to your big toe have to start at your brain and your brainstem. So it has to go through your neck. So that's a super important part of your body. So what are some like exercises people can be like doing at home that counteracts and brings that balance back in from yeah. you know, the text net and looking down the whole time? So that's a really good question. So uh, one thing for, so I'll say, I'll share some for the neck and then some for the low back too. Um, so for the neck, an easy one is I like to call it the double chin exercise because everyone looks fantastic when they do it, but it's really just kind of bringing your chin in. And so that way, cause what happens is we kind of tilt our head forward and we're, lengthening these muscles in the front and we're um, squeezing and tightening the ones in the back. So just by kind of jutting your head backwards, making that double chin, you're kind of allowing those uh, muscles in the back of the neck to relax and for a second and really um, gain some more, a little bit more flexibility. And there's actually, I don't know if you've seen, there's a few things that are going around that's saying that a lot of kids are, if you see on x-rays, they'll have like a little horn on the back of their head. Have you seen that at all? So that's a, yeah, watch, you'll like see it right after this. (laughs) Yeah. But there's a lot of, uh, um, uh, mostly in like, you know, social media where they're like, oh my gosh, like uh, millennials are getting, you know, horns in the back of their head well what's happening one I'm, I didn't really look at like the specific ones I've seen but what's happening is a lot of times when we have that forward head carriage one every inch forward our head is in related to our shoulders we're adding an extra 10 pounds onto our shoulders so it's no shocker that most people carry the tension in their shoulders because most of the people when they're tense they jet their head forward and their our shoulders are shrugged up and they're adding 10 pounds all to that area. So an extra 10 pounds on top, that's going to, you know, create some damage over time. And so, um, but anyway, so what happens is when our head is forward like that, the muscles in the back are trying as hard as they can to like, you know, yank your head and keep it on top of your body like it's supposed to. So whenever, um, you apply more force to something over a long, long, long period of time, it's going to create your body, what it's going to do. It's really beautiful. It's trying to help you out and create even more powerful structures to hold your head there. So what happens is your body will start to ossify those muscles, which will present as like a horn in the back of your head on an x-ray because those muscles are, you know, starting to turn a little bit into bone from trying to pull so hard on your head to keep your head over your shoulders. So that's why a lot of people who get the the headaches um, in the back of their head, a lot of it is those muscles are trying so hard to keep their head on top of their head. So like I said, the double chin exercise, you can, that's something super easy you can do in your car. Uh, you can do it on dates. You'll get a second date for sure after that one. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for that one, that one's super easy. You can hold it for like eight to 10 seconds and then relax and go ahead and do it a few times, even throughout the day. It's a super, super easy one. Um, another big one is just tilting your head as far up as possible and really stretching the front muscles as well. But what you're really doing is stretching all these tiny ligaments in the front of your um, spine of your neck to kind of start re relaxing too, because most people have that straight neck or that reverse curve. So if we can try to open up those ligaments a little bit, then we'll start to at least attempt to get that neck curve back a little bit. Um, so the big thing with stretches too, is you want to take big breaths because muscles only relax on the exhale. So a lot of people, they'll be at the gym holding their breath stretching and they're really not doing much. So you want to take big breaths and on the exhales when the muscles really relax. And for the one where you're looking up as high as possible on the exhale, you'll really feel how much it, you, it, you feel that stretch more on the exhale than on the inhale. Um, and then for low back stuff, I always like to tell people, one, really check your car, especially a lot of people who drive a lot. Our knees should always be below the level of our hips. So a lot of cars are kind of set up that it's like a bucket seat. And so your hips are way below your knees. Your knees are, are like, like touching their freaking chin. And so what you need to do is one, fix your seat if you can. Um, if you can't, it's super easy to get on Amazon, look for a wedge that's, you know, thicker in the back, thinner in the front to kind of lift you up. It's actually what I have in my car and I use all the time. Um, but really just making sure throughout the day and in any area where you sit a lot that your knee is below your hips. Because if you think about it, it makes sense because the higher your knees go, the more you take out that curve in your low back, and the more those muscles have to work. So if, when your knees are below your hips, you still have that curve in your low back, and that's a more sustainable position. But that's a, not how a lot of people sit at work. That's not how a lot of people sit in the car. Um, that's not how a lot of seats are, you know, set up. And there's a lot of ergonomical ergonomics that uh, kind of that's like the biggest thing with ergonomics is just making sure that you're in a position that, you know, you can have the proper spinal position instead of, you know, the typical hunch over you know, rolled shoulders forward, head jutted forward. That's like a disaster for the spine. But uh, I'm trying to think what else low back wise. And there's the typical, you know, like bring your knee to your chest, but really um, making sure that you're taking big breaths with whatever stretches you're doing. Because like I said, muscles only relax on the exhale. And that's another reason why I really love yoga because it really focuses on the breath work as opposed to a lot of other exercise routines that they have zero breath work. So that's why yoga is so good, not just mentally, but physically, you're strengthening and lengthening all these different muscles. So um, i trying to think if there's any other really good tips that I give to a lot of people. Really just, you know, the best time to stretch is in the morning as soon as you wake up and then at night right before bed too. And the biggest benefit to stretching, because we, we always go over a stretching protocol with our patients too. Um, it, the biggest benefit is actually detoxing. So animals actually stretch two to 300 times a day because they naturally know, they neatly know that they need to constantly be detoxing. Whereas we have to go to this appointment or pick up these or go to the grocery store, do all these different things that we kind of put it on the back burner. And a lot of people never stretch and so they never detox. So that's actually the biggest benefit of stretching. Um, and flexibility is obviously a huge benefit to stretching, but it's not the best benefit of stretching. It's really detoxing, not only from, you know, the outside environment coming in, but also our bodies naturally create toxins too, just from different chemical reactions that we need to flush out. So that's one of the reasons why I got more into yoga. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to detox. <laughs> Wow, I did not know that. Like stretching is the natural detoxing. Mm -hmm. So it's just like dogs when they naturally do their downward and then yeah. upward facing dog. It's not because they're waking up. It's because the body's natural response to detoxing. Yeah, exactly. But you're 100% right with like yoga. Um, I got certified in teaching yoga. And so my favorite is vinyasa. So that's one breath, one movement. 
and really focusing on that. And then it's also how I was also taught was focusing on uh, bone placement as well. So, I mean, the stereotypical one is people go into warrior two and their knee is way further out than their ankle. And that's not how it's supposed to be. That's where you get more, most of your injuries is because your joints aren't stacked on top of each other. It's how I was taught and really about all of those placements. And since I learned about that, I am more inclined to take the modified poses because I know they still have the same benefit. It's just one, maybe my body can't like in triangle pose when you have to reach the floor with your one hand that my body can't go there and it's doing more damage because there's misalignment going on than actually what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that's why it's so important. And that's what uh, most yoga classes I go to is they always emphasize that you want to make sure you're doing it right as opposed to, you know, trying to get into like the you know, the goal pose I mean, some of these goal poses are like you have to have zero bones it's crazy but <laughs> but like it's so important to you know you always need that foundation first before you can build up to it and a lot of people are just a lot of people are impatient with themselves um me included there's been poses I've tried to do I'm like okay maybe I shouldn't have done that one <laughs> I feel it immediately after but it's a good reminder in the sense that you have to make sure you're doing it right because that's where you reap all the benefits and that's the same thing with any kind of exercises too and that's why a lot of times I'll see people going for runs and as, like I said my like chiropractic mind I'll I'll kind of see their posture as they're running I'm like ow 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 ow, ow. every time they like hit the ground <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um but that's why it's so important you know you make sure you're striking not with your heel but with like you know the midfoot strike and uh you're doing things the proper way because you don't want to teach your body the improper way of doing things solely to burn calories so that's a lot of people don't know the proper ways to do that and that's when it's good to have something like a good yoga instructor or or a health coach or you know just any kind of coach in general Mm-hmm. Before we switch into the final questions, I do want to bring up a story about sharing like when I was teaching. I know this makes me sound awful. I don't care. But I loved it when the men would come into the room and they'd be all kind of like macho. Yeah, I got this. And by the time they get into their first downward facing dog, they were like huffing and puffing. And, and different things, I'd be like, ha ha, humbled you. But I'm also, also like, you're not putting your joints in the popper. Uh, you're not putting your joints in the proper positions. So your body isn't actually using those muscles that they should be using every day to build up. Instead, like you're, again, like your body's like overcompensating. You think you're benefiting one pose, but really it's like a different muscle is getting the benefit when it's, and then it's adding tension on the other. But that was, that was just my little side note. Cause I just like, I loved it because I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know why this is hard now. And now yeah. you respect yoga. Even yeah, more. exactly. Job done. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And that's so true though. I've seen that so many times every time, uh, someone, so every time a, a guy comes into the place that I go to, I'm like, yes. And sometimes they, they surprise me, but a lot of times I'm like, Exactly what you said, humble. <laughs> mm-hmm. And plus it's to benefit them as well. They're the hardest because it's not macho. So why would they do it? Yeah. But really when you get into it and you're able to like move your body and not feel so like rigid, they're, they're like, go do it more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always hope that they come back. Mm-hmm. So clearly they need it. Anyone who's huffing and puffing after the first two minutes. Oh, they definitely need it. More Mm. alignment going on. Yeah. (laughs) So now transitioning into the final questions, because I'm like, there's so much more we could talk about. Um, But where can everyone find you, Liz? So I have an Instagram page, um, and that is at uh, Santa. So it's at dr period Liz Santa, like Santa Claus. Um, my last name is Santangelo, but it's way easier just to say Santa. And I've actually had a few people reach out to me and say, Hey, Dr. Santa. And I'm like, yeah, that's not that bad, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll take it, especially around Christmas time. But, um, so you can find me on Instagram there. 
Um, and uh, I work at Chamberlain Chiropractic in Westchester. So it's me and another doc there, Dr. Jeff, who's freaking awesome. And I love the team there too. And we actually host um, workshops every Tuesday night. And um, so today's Tuesday. So I think tonight we're still in the process of figuring out all the technology because originally what we did do was we had our workshops in our office. Uh, but with everything going on, we transitioned to online. So now you can find them on our Facebook page. It's just Chamberlain Chiropractic and Wellness and should be up at 630 tonight. Um, and Dr. Jeff is doing that one tonight. And that's actually on text next. So that would be a, a good one to watch. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. If anyone has any questions for me, feel free to reach out on Instagram. That's uh, primarily how people reach out to me. Um, and you'll see a lot of uh, desserts on there. I have a, a side thing. I love healthy, making healthy alternative desserts. So feel free to steal any of those recipes. Um, and I just try to post more inspiration and uh, knowledge on there too. Because like I said, it's all about the education. Mm. It's 100% about the education. Mm -hmm. So what is a book resource podcast? It could be like anything that has provided you value that you would share with the audience. Ooh. Um, so a book is um, The Body Keeps the Score. And that's what I'm reading right now. It's super interesting. Anyone who is a um, any therapist, uh, any type of therapist, any kind of doctor, uh, yoga instructor, I think should read it. It's all about how uh, the body integ integrates trauma and how to work through that trauma. And it's really enlightening. Um, and then I really like the um, uh, book, A uh, Girl, Wash Your Face. That's a really, really good book. And then um, oh, there's oh, a Light is the New Black. That is a book that everyone should have. It's amazing. I forget who it's by. And it's not something that you need to read, you know, from front to back. You just open to whatever page you open to. And it just gives you super, something super inspiring to read that day. Um, and I really love that book. Uh, Podcast-wise, I love the Ultimate Health Podcast. Um, They're awesome. It's a husband, wife, and they just uh, interview different people about different random things. Um all health related. There's a lot that I've learned through them and just kind of uh, ventured on and done my own research beyond uh, what they kind of talked about and learned a, a lot about just kind of random things through that uh, podcast. Um, and there's one more book, but I can't remember it. Uh, I can picture it. It's pink. <laughs> um, I'll have to let you know later though. Uh, what is it? I can't think of it. I'll have to let you know later. Okay, that's fine. I'm trying to think of like, what pink books have yeah. I read? <laughs> um, so Liz, then what would you say has been your bravest moment? Ooh, my bravest moment, I think, was when I decided to become a chiropractor because there was actually a lot of back and forth. Because I always knew I wanted to go into um, something that was, you know, natural health related, um, more on the holistic side. Uh, the alternative side, and just seeing how my dad was able to provide for his community and his family. I wanted to be able to do something even remotely similar for my community and my future family. Um, and I had a lot of, I had a lot of, uh, speaking of fear, I had a lot of fear kind of fed to me um, regarding how, I mean, like, the school that I was going to go to is like 30, some 30% 30 of people, like 30% graduation rate. So that alone was kind of scary. Um, a lot of people telling me a lot of people fail uh, multiple classes throughout their whole, um, you know, school career. Um, and it was going to be the farthest away from home than I've ever been because the school I went to was in Georgia because that was the best chiropractic school at the time, Life University. And I went to, I'm from Maryland, I went to University of Delaware. So University of Delaware was actually closer to me than University of Maryland. So I really did not go far. So that was going to be the farthest I've been from anyone I've ever known or knew. Um, so just all of those thoughts in my head and that fear of thinking, well, what if I fail like, you know, the rest of the 70 so percent of people that fail that don't graduate. Um, well, I later learned that that 30 percent graduation rate is based on the people that, you know, start and then end 
within the amount of time that they're supposed to. So more, yeah. So I was like, that makes it better. But um, eventually I was like, you know what, this is something I need to do. I'm going to regret if I don't do it. And I can't let fear be the thing that stops me. And I went through there and I rocked it and I didn't fail any classes. And I was super proud of myself. And I realized that I let other people's perceptions of the situation to kind of take control of me a little bit more. So that was a really good growing experience for me in the sense that when people tell me certain things about like what's going on or what to expect, that that's their opinion. And I still have to form my own opinion. Well, we could just mic drop it right there. (laughs) (laughs) And with that final question, what is your definition of brave? Brave. Ooh, I love this. So my definition of brave, and I'm going to bounce it off of that story I just told you, is not letting uh, other people's perception of situation direct your choice or decisions in the future. Mm -hmm. And with that mic drop right there as well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I mean, I really did love this conversation because, I mean, health is like one of my number one that I'm getting serious about. So I'm like, okay, let's talk more. And then I look at the time and I'm like, Mm-hmm. And then I look at the time, I'm like, nope, can't talk about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. well, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when you asked me to be on your podcast. Um, if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out. I love questions. I think more people need to ask more questions about health. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Built Brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember, you've always been brave.